Dallas-Fort Worth. We now join the following program, already in progress. Be my rock of refuge, a stronghold to give me safety. For you are my rock and my fortress. Oh my God, rescue me from the hand of the depend from my birth, from my mother's womb, you are my strength. I will sing, I will sing of your declare your justice day by day your salvation oh God you have taught me from my youth and till the present I proclaim your wondrous
Let us pray. Bestow on us, we pray, O Lord, the spirit of charity, so that sustained by the body and blood of your only begotten Son, we may be effective in nurturing among all the peace that he has left us, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. May the God of all consolation order your days in his peace and grant you the gifts of his blessing. May he free you always from every distress and confirm your hearts in his love. So that on this life's journey you may be effective in good works, rich in the gifts of hope, faith, and charity, and come happily to eternal life. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon you and remain forever. Amen. Go forth. The Mass is ended. Thanks be to God.
was the closing mass for the National Prayer Vigil for Life from the Basilica of the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception in Washington, D.C. Stay with us for our continuing coverage of the 2022 March for Life, which continues after this brief break. hope with complete trust that you will give me through the merits of Jesus Christ all the necessary grace in this world and everlasting life in the world to come for this is what you have promised and you always keep your promises amen is faith unreasonable is it contrary to reason or in tension with it st. Thomas Aquinas in the 13th century gave a lot of thought to these questions But before speaking about Aquinas, it will be helpful to identify three fundamental mistakes about the relation between faith and reason. The first is skepticism, that is, the view that faith in itself is irrational or contrary to reason. Someone might say, well, faith cannot be proved, so it's irrational, or science has disproved religion. The second mistake is the flip side of this, and we call it fideism. This view agrees that faith is opposed to reason, and it says, well, that's not a problem. Let's just stick with faith. So a fideist might say something like, all we really need is the Bible, so stop worrying about what reason or science might claim. Now there's a third mistake. That's to say that faith is purely subjective. On this view, faith is only true for me. It's purely personal and interior. Now, against these three errors, St. Thomas Aquinas argues, first, that faith and reason are never truly in conflict. This is because there is a fundamental unity of truth, which is based on the order of reality. There cannot be something that is true according to faith, and at the same time, false according to reason or science. And likewise, truth is not purely subjective, nor is it merely private or personal. Because ultimately, the truth is based on something outside of the mind, that is, on reality. Now, because God is the source of reality, of everything that exists, he is the ultimate source of the light of reason and also of divine revelation and the light of faith. So, since both reason and faith come from God, and since truth is one, we can be confident that faith and reason will never truly contradict each other because truth cannot contradict truth. So it follows then that if we find something that looks like a contradiction between faith and reason, either our reasoning is faulty or doesn't prove its point, or we are in some way misunderstanding the truths of faith. Aquinas makes a second important point. He says the Christian faith 
is eminently reasonable. Every day, in fact, you and I believe things that other people tell us, and we learn truths from them by trusting what they say. Now, in the case of faith, we trust in God, who is truth himself. And God gives us what are traditionally called signs of credibility that show the rational warrant for accepting the claims of the Christian faith. For example, the miracles of Christ, which many people witnessed, or the enduring reality of the church and the consistency of her teaching, which has perdured through two millennia of history. All the same, faith's mysteries in themselves remain hidden from view. Our mind is not able to fully comprehend them. Even though it's reasonable to believe them, and they are believable, and the signs of credibility confirm their truth, even with this, the truths of faith, like, for example, the divinity of Christ, or the reality of the Holy Trinity, these things cannot be proven by natural reason. But, by the supernatural light of faith, the believer embraces them without hesitation, without reservation, and affirms that they are true because God bears witness to us about them. For readings, podcasts, and more videos like this, go to Aquinas101.com. While you're there, be sure to sign up for one of our free video courses on Aquinas. And don't forget to like and share with your friends, because it matters what you think. Johnson. Today on Faith Matters, I want to talk to you about isolation, shame. As someone who's experienced two unplanned pregnancies, I know too well how that feels. Many times in our society we look around and women are made to feel as though their babies are a sin. But let me be clear with you, your baby is never a sin. Your baby is a blessing, a gift from the Lord that has been placed within you for a specific purpose. Jeremiah talks about how our children have been set apart for a specific purpose. And sometimes it's hard for us to understand why God would give us such a huge cross to carry being a mother, being a parent, it's a big job. But yet, it's such an important job. Motherhood is valuable. It's a vital job that can only be given to women. Sometimes I hear women say, I just don't think I can do it. I just can't do it. You know what? Attention men, are you interested in serving the church as a deacon? The Office of Deacon Formation for the Diocese of Fort Worth will be hosting online information sessions for men and their wives who are interested in the deacon formation program every third Sunday of each month. The next online session will be held January the 16th at 3 o'clock p.m. For more information, contact Deacon Scott France by email at scottfrance at holyredeemer.com. 
alito.org or visit fwdioc.org. Looking for a Catholic university where the greatest works of Western and Catholic tradition are the foundation for learning, all in an environment that is faithful to the magisterium? Recommended by the Cardinal Newman Society, the University of Dallas offers an exceptional liberal arts education, preserving the wisdom of the past while preparing students for world-changing futures. Academically excellent, always faithful. Apply today at udallas.edu. Calling all high schoolers. Now is the time to stand with other pro-life youth from across Texas. Join the Respect Life Ministry for the Dallas Diocese, the Catholic pro-life community, for a pilgrimage to Austin for the Texas Rally for Life, January 21st to 23rd. Registration will close on December 17th or when the trip is full. Sign up today at prolifedallas.org slash Austin or call 972-267-5433. Let your voice be heard that Texans deserve better than abortion. Is your facility in need of additional meeting or classroom space, but there's no room in the budget to add on to the building? I'm Glenn Trahan, owner of Modern Fold Door and Specialties and proud sponsor of KATH 910 AM. Modern Fold Door and Specialties can solve your space division problems by installing operable walls to create additional spaces. We also provide repair and service. You can contact us at 214-357-2572 for a free consultation or trwfamily.com. God bless. God, we've already laid out the first premise, and I premise, that's not just me saying promise, weird. A premise is a statement that supports our conclusion. Let's go. There exist contingent beings here and now, you, me, and ha, everything in the universe. Undeniable. Second premise, if something exists here and now, what it takes for that thing to exist must exist. We've already voiced this. Whatever exists needs an explanation for its existence. Third premise, since we exist, there must exist what it takes for us to exist. Can our existence be the explanation? Nope. We've already ruled that out as unnecessary beings. The same applies for everything in the universe, because it's just like us. Unnecessary. Conclusion, what it takes for us to exist here and now can't be found within the universe because itself cannot be contingent. It must go beyond the universe if it's to explain anything in the universe. It must be the answer to its own why. Namely, this being must be necessary. It couldn't not be, meaning it's eternal, and it couldn't be in another way, meaning it's unchanging. This being we call God. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. EWTN. Live Truth. Live Catholic.
Oh, good morning, and thank you so much for being with us this morning for the 2022 March for Life coverage. I'm Tracy Sable, anchor of EWTN News Nightly. And I'm Prudence Robertson, host of EWTN Pro-Life Weekly. It is so great to have you with us today for the 49th annual March. We are also joined today by Father Patrick Mary of the Franciscan Missionaries of the Eternal Word. Father, so great to be with you today. What a blessing. Do you mind starting us off in opening prayer? Certainly, and we'll begin with a prayer written by Pope John Paul II, asking Our Lady's intercession for this uh, momentous occasion. We need her intercession, certainly. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O Mary, bright dawn of the new world, mother of the living, to you do we entrust the cause of life. Look down, O mother, upon the vast numbers of babies not allowed to be born, of the poor whose lives are made difficult, of men and women who are victims of brutal violence, of the elderly and the sick killed by indifference, or out of misguided mercy. Grant that all who believe in your Son may proclaim the gospel of life with honesty and love to the people of our time. Obtain for them the grace to accept that gospel as a gift ever new, the joy of celebrating it with gratitude throughout their lives, and the courage to bear witness to it resolutely in order to build together with all people of goodwill the civilization of truth and love to the praise and glory of God, the creator and lover of life. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Father, so much for that. Yes, thank you. We want to head to EWTN's Teresa Tomio, who is outside here in D.C. getting ready for the march. Hey, Teresa, great to see you. Kind of set the scene for us out there. What's it like? I know it's cold. It's cold, Tracy and, and Prudence. It's really cold. It's 18. As you can see, it looks like your little Eskimo live reporting here from the scene. But it's about 18 degrees. The good news is, is there's no snow and the sun is out. So thanks be to God. And it's a, I would say it's a beautiful day besides the cold, but it's, it's really, a, I think, a mixed emotion always every time I cover this for the network. The other day I was interviewing Father Frank Pavona, my radio program, and he talked about us feeling a joyful sorrow. And I think that's so true. Already the young people are gathering so many different groups are coming here on, on the mall. You can see the stage behind me. The preps are, are underway and the things will get started here at the rally about noon and we'll be doing interviews all the way up to that point and then after, of course. But there is a joy in seeing so many people from all across the country and around the world coming together for this. But there's also that sadness because we know why we march. We know that we are, please God, hoping for an end to abortion and overturning of Roe v. Wade and perhaps the Dobbs case could be the beginning of that. But again, there's a sorrow there because we know the 63 million plus lives that have been lost in so many millions upon millions that have been affected. But the theme, of course, is equality begins in the womb. And that's such an important issue for us to look at, especially just days after celebrating, of course, the federal holiday honoring Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. So we're raring to go. We have great guests lined up. We're going to keep moving and keep them, keep marching so we can keep warm and keep spreading the pro-life message. So exciting. Teresa, you have covered these marches for years, as we all know. Have you noticed a change uh, over the years in your experience? I, I think I'm seeing uh, more and more diversity in the groups that are coming. That's a great question. Obviously, there are always a lot of young people. And even with COVID, we're hearing of a lot of schools. I found out just last night that several schools from uh, my archdiocese, the Archdiocese of Detroit and the Diocese of Lansing in Michigan, are coming down. So always a lot of young people. But I'm noticing different groups from around the world more and more and more diverse groups. I, I remember last year or two years ago, last time I covered it, because last year, of course, we had COVID, so it was a much smaller event, I actually saw 
a group with signs reading Atheists for Life. So I think the diversity in this issue is getting out there more. So it's it's really a it's such an exciting thing to cover. I love it. I'm in my element. I love being out talking to people and doing live street reporting and, and getting to the heart of the matter of why they march. For me, my husband Deacon Dominic is with me. He's a sidewalk counselor in Detroit. And we march based on this beautiful verse in Proverbs that talks about speaking up for those who cannot speak for themselves. And so for me as someone who grew up in the 70s and swallowed that whole message about pro-choice, I march not only for the babies who have been lost and who don't have a voice, but I march for the women, the women and the men who have been so inundated with these messages that are so anti-life and that were brainwashed for so many years like I was and hoping to make a difference. So it's an honor to be here again. I'm blessed to be able to work with wonderful people like you and so excited again to see the different groups that come each year. Yeah, Teresa, we were yes. so blessed to have you. So thank you so much for being out in the field for us. And we're going to check in with you You're often. Welcome. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Teresa. And we're joined now by Father Patrick Mary. Father, thank you so much for being on set with us today. We really appreciate it. It's good to be with you, too. Yes. Yeah. Father, tell us what are you most looking forward to about the day? So, you know, there's a number of things I do look forward to. It's always encouraging to see the joy of, as Teresa mentioned, it's like a mix of joy and sorrow. Mm. Um, but to see the joy of the young people and also the prayerfulness, that we know that prayer is powerful um, and that there's a lot of graces that are working in the midst of uh, the difficulties that we're going through in our country, the battle that's really taking place. But I think the thing that I'm most looking forward to is something that we're not going to hear about perhaps today, but as time goes on, it's about the conversions that will take place through this march. Um, grace is active and some people whether it's you know a young person coming just because the youth group is going and they weren't really interested and they just they're uh, they realize the reality of what's going on um, or a bystander seeing all these people marching or someone channel surfing you know but grace is active and when you hear those stories of people who have conversions um, it's it's a wonderful thing to hear so that's why I certainly look forward to, to uh, listening to and, and reading about in the future yeah that's such a good point to bring up and let's talk about that more the sanctity of life, how important that is. Oh, sure, certainly. I mean, the sanctity of life, it, it comes first of all from God, who is the author of all human life, everything that exists. Um, and then he created us in his image and likeness. Perhaps as we start a new year, you might be feeling God calling you to help people who are seeking healing. Dawn of Mercy is a ministry that helps men and women heal from the effects of sexual abuse. You can help someone improve their relationship with God and others by volunteering with this ministry. Dawn of Mercy is having a volunteer information night on Thursday, January 27th from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. at St. Rita's Catholic Community in Dallas in the Parish Commons, Room C. For more information, email healing at dawnofmercy.org or call 469-613-3296. The Guadalupe Radio Network is happy to welcome Pantigo Dental and Orthodontic Center as a new sponsor here on KATH 910 AM. Dr. Wynn, a member of St. Vincent de Paul Parish in Arlington, and his staff offer a variety of services such as general and cosmetic dentistry, dental implants, braces, Invisalign, and laser pain relief for TMJ, TMD, and jaw pain. They can be reached at 817-274-1825. That's 817-274-1825. It's Pantigo Dental and Orthodontic Center. Mark your calendars. All are invited to join Fort Worth Bishop Michael Olson for the 36th annual Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial Mass on Saturday, January 22nd at St. Vincent de Paul Catholic Church in Arlington. The Mass takes place at 5.30 p.m. The celebrant will be Bishop Olson and the homilist will be Most Reverend Curtis J. Guillory, Bishop Emeritus of the Diocese of Beaumont. For more information, visit fwdioc.org. 
you think it would be easier to walk in your faith journey alone or alongside others? Scripture teaches us that we are meant to be in community. Pope Francis recently commented that fraternity is essential to the human quality. The number one Catholic fraternity is the Knights of Columbus, and they have made it easier than ever to join. By joining, your family will enjoy a wide array of membership benefits, like a subscription to the largest Catholic publication, the Columbia Magazine. You can go online right now and become a member. Go to knights.net. That's K-N-I-G-H-T-S dot net. In the March for Life today. Our coverage of the March for Life, live from Washington, D.C., continues on EWTN Radio and Television. How has life empowered you? Tell us using hashtag why we march, and I'll share your messages like these. Here we have March for Life UK saying, standing in solidarity with our American pro-life family today. Hashtag equality begins in the womb. Why we march, March for Life 2022. And then we have here St. Thomas Aquinas College saying, New England students left campus, then they went on the bus, and now they're here for the March for Life. We have our very own Francesca saying, today we march. We march for life because every life is sacred. We march because every life is created in the image and likeness of God. We are the voice for the voiceless. It's time for this country to defend its most vulnerable citizens. Hashtag why we march, march for life. Let's see who else we have. We have Kat Kamek saying, when I ran for Congress, I promised to fight for life. This issue is personal to me, which is why I'm proud to have earned an A plus on the Susan B. Anthony List pro-life scorecard. I will always fight for the unborn in the same way my mother did for me. We can all do something to promote a culture of life. Whether you're in the streets or sending tweets, you can be a powerful witness. And I'll keep looking for your tweets and Instagram posts. Please also, I will be looking for hashtag March for Life, hashtag, um, yeah, yeah, why we march. So please just keep them coming and I will inform you guys. All right, sounds good. Thank you so much, Claudette. And I know those tweets will keep on coming and you're on top of it right there at the social desk. Thank you so much. And joining us now is pro-life strategist, Allison Santafonte. Allison, great to see you. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Well, first off, tell us why today is so important for you. Today's a really big day. Uh, just to be a part of a moment in history. You know, you kind of don't know how history is unfolding when you're standing in the middle of it. And today, I think everyone's carrying with them the very real reality that this could be our last time doing the March for Life with Roe as it has stood since its existence. And that's exciting. So I think I'm more sentimental. I'm taking it all in, making these mental pictures, and obviously taking pictures because we're excited about what the future could hold, especially at the Supreme Court. Absolutely. Yes. So exciting. Yeah, and mentioning the Supreme Court, I know that you were right in the center of the action during the Dobbs oral arguments late last year. Could you tell us a little bit more about that day, what it was like for you, and sure. what the experience was? Sure, so that was really fun. So the Attorney General of Mississippi's office helped coordinate a rally with all these amazing pro-life leaders, and we had a lineup of female leaders, you know, of all backgrounds, political backgrounds, religious backgrounds, post-abortive moms, moms who chose life, and we stood out front of the Supreme Court in defense of Mississippi's 15-week law, which would say we can protect children at 15 weeks. And we want to protect them all, but we will take what we can get. And this was the first time the court decided to hear a case that directly challenges Roe. So we had 
the most people outside of the Supreme Court I've ever seen, and others who've been in the movement for decades said, this is the largest crowd I've ever seen, so engaged, so enthusiastic there all morning. And, of course, Attorney General Lynn Fitch came out and shared that it went wonderfully inside the court as well, too, with the justices asking very pointed questions, things about uh, the availability of adoption, safe haven laws. Doesn't the child have an interest in their own life and the continuance of their own life? So we are hopeful. Um, but no matter what happens at the Supreme Court, the pro-life movement is at work already and will continue to do great work. Yeah, and I can just see the excitement. I can feel it, you know, coming <laughs> of you and everyone here today. Let's talk about the importance of life. People can't see it right now, but we know that you're expecting and you have a beautiful <laughs> little daughter at home too. Um, how has that helped to shape your views on things? Yeah, things. Great question. I think it's made me realize just how personal being pro-life has to be. Um, many of people on your show and many of us work at the thought leadership level, which is important, and we can all, you know, add to that, add our voice to that. But at the end of the day, this is about supporting women who are pregnant and just knowing what that's like and what what I need, not just encouragement uh, and prayer, but also tangible support. Um, I think of single moms often, moms in unplanned or hard circumstances, hard pregnancies, and it's encouraged me to get more personally pro-life. So um, I've reached out to a group called Embrace Grace in my area, and they do a 12-week a curriculum for women in it that are expecting and do a baby shower for them and so, stuff like that. There's so many great groups out there. Nice. Uh, so as we anticipate what the Supreme Court's doing, I just encourage pro-lifers to find what connects for you. If it's door-knocking for a pro-life candidate, get plugged in with Susan B. Anthony List. If it's being one-on-one -on -one with a woman, counseling her, walking through that with her, that's Embrace Grace. Um, if you want to be on campus advocating Students for Life, there's so much great work. And also, um, I'd be remiss to not add you know, adoption and foster care. That's going to be the answer in a post-Roe world, is making sure women feel supported in choosing life and parenting or choosing life and placing for adoption. And we need to be a part of that, really engaged, either taking it on or just helping others who are. Um, I love... Lifeline Children's Services is a great group that's helping with that. So yes. take this personally. Take today. Research. Find a way to start doing it more hands-on yourself because mm. it's going to be up to us. Yes. We have about 30 seconds left. Could you just tell us a little bit about how you got started in the movement? I know you've been working in it for a long time. Oh, sure. Um, that's just God. <laughs> but just being willing to be... Um, truthful in my beliefs and sharing them. I started in college. We had Norma McCorvey come down, speak. Mm -hmm. She's Jane Rowe and Roe v. Wade, and that moved me. I found some people in my family who were post-abortive, and I just really started feeling this call to keep speaking out against injustice mm -hmm. for women, um, for their children, and uh, God's been good to just use that. So I would just say be obedient in the next step. Be bold. Be honest. Apathy is not biblical. <laughs> and we want to be out there and be publicly pro-life. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Allison, for all of your work in the movement. You've always been such a mentor to me. So thanks for being thanks here, for and us. we're excited for the day. Thank you. God bless you. Thanks. And now we'll toss to Teresa Tamio, who's out in the field. Teresa, what's it looking like out there? Hey, it's starting to get busy, Prudence and Tracy. If you can look behind me, you see some of the students already gathering. They're hardy, they're here, they're ready to, to pray and to march and to take part in the rally. And I'm so excited that my dear friends from the Daughters of the Catholic Daughters of the Americas are with me again. They come every year, they're so enthusiastic. And this reminds me, Sherry, of a few years ago. Remember we had the snowball fight when I it was do. snowing? <laughs> it's about 18 degrees out here, no snow, so I'm happy for that. But Emily is with you. And, and tell us, first of all, what this means to you for the daughters to be here. 
we support life in all all from beginning to the end, Our natural death. Amen. Yes, uh, mm-hmm. and I just visited a lady, and she said, you don't say anymore you're pregnant. You say you are with child. That means much more. And I right. thought, you know, that's a good thing to have. And I'm just so proud that the Catholic daughters say we are pro-life, and we follow up by helping people, women from maternity all the way through till our last breath is yeah and and i love the way you promote it also in your magazine and on your website you're, you're very mm-hmm. consistent with your message Thank and you. emily tell us your involvement in being here this time around well i've been coming for quite a few years but uh now in my position it's kind of been but it's always been uh, a big part of my heart you know i'm one of nine children mm. and i can't imagine you know if my parents hadn't embraced and the principles of life from all you know uh, we were able to take care of my parents until their last day and it's just like sherry said it's from the beginning to the end and even though even bishop laurie yesterday in his leadership homily said we are not exempt from criticism and that really resonated with me because sometimes even being catholic we do get criticized just sometimes by our own catholics oh yes. yeah so it was just his homily really touched me and sometimes it's we're going to have to take the good with the bad yeah. to be, to stand up for what we believe in and for life, for everyone. I read the uh, Catholic News Agency report on his homily last night before okay. I went to bed. I, I wasn't able to go to the Mass. We had a, a reception we had to attend. But I love the fact where he talked about us continuing with creating this culture of life and evangelizing the message. Your thoughts yes. on that? Yeah, absolutely. We have to keep at it. We say, okay, you know, it looks like things may be turning a little bit, but we can't quit. We still have, we need your prayers, ladies. We need your help to keep this message going. We can't stop now. Amen. We have to keep going. And how important is it? Because I, I, I'm just so proud. We have Tracy and Prudence back in the studio. You know, I'm here as a woman. And we're different age groups, but we're all at this different level fighting for life. Catholic Daughters of America represent so many women of different, you know, diversity, different age groups. What does it mean for you to, to be able to, with the Catholic Daughters of the Americas, to, to continue this evangelization message? Well, it's, it's kind of my whole theme. I think we need to do more. We need to support more. Uh, agencies, more people, more groups that promote life from all angles. I think we need to not let our voices be heard even louder, even in these times. We just can't stand, sit back. We right. just have to keep going, 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 yeah. and yeah. never let anything absolutely stop. Right. Right. We can't stop now. You know, we're on a roll. Amen. <laughs> Call us butter. We're on a roll, right? Now, listen, what's so important, though, in getting back to the whole idea of, of women, there are so many women's groups out there that claim that they represent women, yet the majority of Americans we know are pro-life, and even if they call themselves pro-choice, they they want strong limits on abortion. So we need to, to really get that message out to them. So having a group the, the size that you are, in terms of being a women's organization, has to be so important for you. Yes, it is. And we all have families, so we can go back and take this back to our families. We have to start young. I see these young people and I'm so pleased to see this many young people here. And I have grandchildren who are watching me. Hi, kids. <laughs> but it's it's wonderful. They're already getting the message yeah. that life is important. Amen. So, Amen. And that's where we have to start. We can't well, start thanks for being with us. And you guys always seem to start off our programming. We love you very much. And God bless your great work. The Catholic Daughters of the Americas here. Brave in the cold out here at the uh, rally. Soon to be rally in the March for Life 2022. Back to you in the studio. Amen. Thanks so much, Teresa. 
Twin abortion survivor Claire Colwell shares her story of forgiveness and mercy as she learned the truth about her birth. EWTN News contributor Catherine Hadro has more. This well-known pro-life speaker you, My name is Claire Colwell Survived what most others never will I am the surviving twin of a botched D&E dismemberment abortion Now Claire Colwell is revealing those intimate details of her life which almost wasn't In her first book, Survivor An abortion survivor's surprising story of choosing forgiveness and finding redemption my hope is that as people read this book, they will um, know what abortion is, they will know what it does, and they will act on being the hands and feet of Jesus, being that support system for women. Though Claire's birth was a near-death experience, she did not know that until she was in college. Colwell was adopted as a baby by loving Christian parents. When her adopted sister met with her biological mother, Claire wanted that too. When you met your biological mother, Tanya, for the first time, did you notice similarities right away? What was that like? Absolutely. I remember the moment she opened the door of uh, this home that we met in for the first time in Dallas, Texas, that was right around the corner from the home my parents brought me home to at two months old when they adopted me. And I remember looking at her for the first time and just thinking, that's me. The similarities did not end with their physical resemblance. Tanya, Claire's biological mother, was a nurse at the time. The very major, Claire, was studying in school. But it was not until their second meeting, when Claire gifted her birth mother a ring, necklace, and card, that she would learn news that would change her life trajectory. She opened this ring and this necklace, and she cried happy tears, and then she read the words on a card that I had given her. And what I wrote was, thank you for choosing life for me. And I watched as her happy tears from receiving the ring and the necklace, they instantly changed. And she said, Claire, there's something I need to tell you. She said, your life is a miracle because I had an abortion when I was pregnant with you at 13 years old. And a few weeks went by after the abortion procedure. I was told that my life would go back to normal, but it didn't. And she said she went back to the doctor and they told her that they had successfully aborted one baby, but that she had been pregnant with twins and that I had survived her abortion that successfully ended the life of my twin. And... I got to tell you, it felt like the room was spinning out of control. I couldn't believe the words that were coming out of her mouth, but I saw her tears. Moved to compassion, Claire chose in that moment to forgive her birth mother, Tanya, because she knew the Lord had already done so. That propelled her onto a different path. Claire writes in her book, After finding out I'd survived an abortion, I developed an interest in pro-life issues. And in time, that interest grew and grew. Soon, I began telling my story to small groups at schools and churches near me, a major accomplishment for one of the world's quietest introverts. And eventually, telling my life story would become my calling. Colwell is now a frequent speaker at major pro-life events and even testifies on behalf of pro-life legislation. Those heartbeats turn into somebody that grow up to be somebody like me. And guess what that means? They grow up to be somebody just like you, too. 
Claire Colwell, whose life is marked by survival, knows God has her here for a purpose. And Claire's birth mother, Tanya, has found her purpose, too, as she has begun shining a light onto what was once her biggest, darkest secret. Here's Tanya in her own words. Laying there, the doctor, he never went to even spoke to me. I never said a word. The most awesome feeling I've ever felt in my life to know my baby girl. She's trying to find me. She has, has found forgiveness for herself. She has accepted the forgiveness that I have for her, that God has for her. And so she no longer looks at me and thinks, gosh, that was such a heartbreaking moment. She looks at me and thinks, wow, this is our victory story. Claire, I imagine there's a lot of healing that takes place because of that relationship between you and your biological mother. There has been. People come up to me all the time and they're like, Claire, because of you, because of the way that you have been able to forgive, because of the way that you shared that God has forgiven you and has forgiven your birth mother, I believe now that my child forgives me, that my God forgives me, and that he can write the same story on my life that he has written on yours. A story that began with pain has been transformed as Claire Colwell moves forward in her mission of mercy. I can grapple all day with the fact that my life was spared and my twins wasn't, and what am I missing? And I'll never understand. The only person that understands is the God that wrote this story for me, and he wrote it perfectly, and I can trust in that. And our thanks to our Catherine Hager for that story. I have to tell you, so powerful. Hard to keep back the tears, mm. you know, which yes. is so emotional hearing all of that. I know, I could not agree more. And just the compassion of Claire in meeting her mother and just her story is so profound. I know that so many people realize um, later in life that they have survived a failed abortion. And uh, it's so interesting to hear those stories. Yeah, and it's important to tell those stories, too. Indeed. It really is, because I think it gives others courage who may have been in a situation or they're in a situation right now where they're struggling mm -hmm. and not knowing what to do to hear those stories and know that it's important to choose life. And there That's are people right. there to Spreading the splendor of truth, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Most Reverend Michael F. Olson, Bishop of Fort Worth, invites all to attend the annual Respect Life Mass on Monday, January 24th. The Respect Life Mass takes place at St. Mark Catholic Church in Argyle at 7 p.m. A small reception with hors d'oeuvres and dessert will follow. Together we will pray for an end to abortion, euthanasia, and all the offenses to the sanctity and dignity of human life. A rose procession will mark the more than 60 million deaths that have occurred as a result of the Roe v. Wade decision which legalized abortion. Guadalupe Radio Network thanks Cargo Eye Care of Las Colinas, a longtime sponsor on KATH 910 AM. Cargo Eye Care is owned by Dr. Jonathan Cargo from St. Anne Parish in Capel. Their office and eyewear gallery are centrally located in Irving. Cargo Eye Care offers a full range of services and products to patients of all ages. Most vision and health insurance plans are accepted, including Medicare and Medicaid. 972-432-2020 or on the web at CargoEyeCare.com. Blessed be God, blessed be His holy name.
Blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be his most sacred heart. Blessed be his most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Blessed be the Holy Spirit of Paraclete. Blessed be the Great Mother of God, Mary Most Holy. Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin and Mother. Blessed be Saint Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth, and North Texas. Catholic Radio for your soul on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone. 